reading from Exodus chapter 22. Um, I'm going to shorten the reading. We're just going to read uh, verses 1 through 15, or I will read those, and you can listen along and follow along. And then we will return. It goes back and forth between readings and what are called canticles. Canticles are either passages of scripture or traditional writings that have a form of prayer and praise to them. And so we're going to read uh, a prayer, which is called the prayer of Manasseh. It's from a second century Jewish writing. And then we're also going to read scripture. And then we are going to pray through, read through the song of Zechariah from the New Testament. So I'm going to invite you to listen along as I read Exodus chapter 22. A reading from the book of Exodus, beginning with the 22nd chapter, the first verse. If a man steals an ox or sheep and kills or sells it, he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is found breaking in and is stuck, struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun is risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely repay. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for, for his theft. If the stolen beast is found alive in his possession, whether it is an ox or a donkey or sheep, he shall pay double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed over or lets his beast loose and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best in his own field and its own vineyard. If he breaks out and catches and thorns, so that the stacked grain or the standing grain or the field is consumed, he who started the fire shall make full restitution. If a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to keep safe and is stolen from that man's house, then if the thief is found, he shall pay double. The thief is not found, the owner of the house shall come near to God to show whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. For every breach of trust, whether it is for an ox or for a donkey, for a sheep, for a cloak or any kind of lost thing, of which one says, this is it, the case of both parties shall come before God. The one whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. If a man gives to his neighbor or a donkey or an ox or sheep or any beast to keep safe and it dies or is injured or is driven away without anyone seeing it, an oath by the Lord shall be between them both to see whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. The owner shall accept the oath and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn by beasts, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor and it is injured or dies, the owner shall not, the owner not being with it, he shall make full restitution. The owner was with it, he shall make restitution. If it was hired, it's, it came for its hiring fee. Here God is giving instructions to Moses and to the people about social care, that there is rule of law and a need to make restitution and protection for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to now read what is a prayer of penitence. It's called the Song of Manasseh. The, the Song of Manasseh is a writing from the second or first century BC. It's a Jewish writing that was used in the liturgies of the first couple century in a Jewish synagogue at the time of Jesus, but also in the early church. Martin Luther included it in one of his orders, and the church has used it at times as a song of prayer and praise. So I'm going to invite you to join me in this canticle together. O Lord and ruler of the hosts of heaven, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of all their righteous offspring, you made the heavens and the earth with all their vast array, 
All things quake with fear at your presence. They tremble because of your power, but your merciful promise is beyond all measure. It surpasses all that our minds can fathom. O Lord, you are full of compassion, long-suffering and abounding in mercy. You hold back your hand. You do not punish as we deserve. In your great goodness, Lord, you have promised forgiveness to sinners, that they may repent of their sin and be saved. And now, O Lord, I bend the knee of my heart and make my appeal sure of your gracious goodness. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned, and I know my wickedness only too well. Therefore, I make this prayer to you. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Do not let me perish in my sin, nor condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, O Lord, are the God of those who repent, and in me you will show forth your goodness. Unworthy as I am, you will save me in accordance with your great mercy, and I will praise you without ceasing all the days of my life. For all the powers of heaven sing your praises, and yours is the glory to ages of ages. Amen. Our second lesson is from Matthew chapter 21. So if you have a Bible and want to turn there, you can. And then we'll be back in the prayer book on page 19 if you have a prayer book. My hope is all this is still working. The video is working. The audio is working. But we're just trying this out. So here, here we go with the reading. A reading from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, beginning with the 21st chapter, the 23rd verse. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them. Well, I will also ask you a question. If you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus continued, What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went out to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? The crowd said, the first, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you that tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Here another parable he told them. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took the servants and beat one, killed the other, stoned another. And again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son. He sent his son to them saying, well, they will respect my son. 
When the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And the religious leader said to him, Well, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and let them and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits of the, in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're in the middle section of morning prayer, which is going from confession to the Psalms into scripture. We finish off our time of scripture with the Song of Zechariah. If you have a, a printed prayer book, the Song of Zechariah is found on page 19. And from there, we'll continue the rest of the way through morning prayer. I'm going to invite you to read the Song of Zechariah with me, a song of prayer and praise together. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show our bond to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I'm going to pause right here and just take a moment to reflect on this moment that we are in and pull away from morning prayer just for a moment. Um, hopefully, again, this is all still working and you're able to follow along. But I feel like the past week has been very strange, very crazy for me. That especially started on Thursday when they canceled things like the NCAA tournament. And I thought, uh-oh, what are we doing here? What's happening? And I really was surprised, although I've been tracking along with everything going on. One of the things you find is in the midst of all of these changes, a lot of us feel anxious. And I know some of you do as well. And in the midst of anxiety, we either turn away and say, I, I'm going to ignore that and pretend like none of this is happening, or we seek control. And we seek control by going out and buying things, by trying to minimize everything as best we can. And that sense of control is necessary as a way of 
um, I don't know, just being safe and thinking through what does the CDC say, what does the government say, but I also find it very interesting in the midst or challenging in the midst of the way that we as humans want control on our lives. We want to be safe, right? We want to be secure. But when something like this happens, this uh, COVID-19 thing, we realize that we are not completely in control. None of us can control our health fully. We can't control the markets fully. And as the season of Lent has us thinking about repentance, repentance is not just that we are sinful and bad, although that's what the Bible says. It's also the acknowledgement that we are mortal, that we aren't in control, that we don't know the days of our lives. But there is one who does. That's the hope of our faith in Christ. There is one who knows our days. And whether it is 10 days or 10,000 days, 10 years or 100 years, we can't know. But God has us in our hand, has, has us in his hands. And we can trust that. And that's why he calls us not into trying to create independence and control, which is our tendency, especially as Americans. We want to be independent, do what we want, or we want to be in control. And instead, what God invites us into is a relationship of dependence and trust. You know, this week, if we were doing our readings and prayer in our normal service, we were going to be in John chapter 10 this week and next. And what we'd be looking at is the, the passage in the I am statements where Jesus says, I am the gate or the door to the sheep, the gate to the pen of the sheep. And then he goes on. What we'd be looking at in the following week is I am the good shepherd. And the whole thing is a scene of that would have been very obvious to that early, uh, the, the early people listening to, to the message that Jesus was giving, where the, the sheep are protected by the shepherd. Sometimes in the Middle Eastern culture, the, sh the sheep know the very voice of the, sh of the shepherd, and each one knows his voice by name. And whatever he whistles or calls out to them, they come, they follow, they know there's danger, they know there's food. And on top of that, every night he puts them in a safety pen. And in some places, there, it's even been known that the shepherd of the Middle Eastern culture is the gate. There's no door. He just lies down. And the idea is the shepherd is the protector of the sheep. They are safe because they are with him. And they recognize his voice and they begin to follow him, not only for protection, but for food and daily sustenance. And as long as they are near him and walking with him, they know they are safe. They're taken care of. They're protected. Jesus, of course, is inviting us into that relationship. That dependence and trust is not just something you know or do. It's something you cultivate. As you learn how to listen to Christ, as you seek him daily, as you grow in your trust and dependence on him. So one of my invitations to you is during this strange season where many of us are working from home, kids are at home, uh, we're living, you know, in our kind of uh, more isolated, is to recognize that let's say between now and Easter, there's four weeks, about 28 days. That's less than the time that, that uh, Moses was up on Mount Sinai, 40 days, um, or, or it's the 40 days of Lent. It's less than that. It's, it's about, it's less than the time that Jesus spent in the wilderness when he was seeking the Lord on his own in Matthew chapter four. So during the next 28 days, even if during the next 28 days, we take up what the, the, the Middle Ages monastics called a rule of life, which is basically a way of orienting your days towards God so that a part of your day in the morning, maybe even the middle of the day, and as you close the day, is seeking God. You think over the next 28 days, 
If I have to live a little more separated, how do I use that as a time to seek God? Not just to feel more anxious, but to actually be with the Lord by myself, with my family. What does it look like to spend the next 28 days listening to God? Maybe you use this daily office uh, that I've sent out. You have other ways of seeking God on your own. Just spending 10 minutes in quiet and silence, opening with a psalm and just listening to God, saying, Lord, what would I, what do you want me to know from you today? How can I understand you better this day? And you will grow in your trust and relationship with Jesus. Maybe let's think about it that way. How can the next 28 days be a time when we trust in the good shepherd and get to know him a little bit better? Here's what I know. The more that I know Jesus, the more that I've grown in understanding Jesus, two things have happened. The less I have fear and anxiety, and the more I have love for others. It's amazing how when God brings us close to him, it causes us to be at peace, but also pushes us out in love. Everything else we do causes us to have more control, but be more fearful and selfish. When we're instead turning to God, seeking him as our, as our source of dependence and trust, we find that we are beginning to hear God and see God in different ways. We're beginning to understand his love for us at a deeper and more intimate level. And it ends up pushing us out. The more you are trusting God, the more you end up thinking about others. So that's the sort of trust and dependence that pushes us out. And I think that's what God would call us to as the church during this time, is both to be the ones who are trusting and depending on him, and also to be the ones who are pushing out in love. Now, obviously, that's going to look different right now. I'm not suggesting that our pushing out in love is as physically present as it would have been in the past, but it might involve calling, actually calling people group texting, using all the resources that are out there to stay connected to your small group, to your good friends, making sure neighbors are cared for. If you know of any vulnerable or older neighbors, checking in with them in whatever way and being their source of being loved and cared for. This isn't just a duty. This isn't just something you do. I think what you will find is as you draw near the good shepherd, he will care for you in a way that you feel his peace, that quiet or being alone is actually a good thing to be present with God, and that it will push you out in love. Maybe you'll even write a letter and send it, encouraging and blessing one another. I think the other thing that you'll find is the good shepherd is not just a shepherd. In our world, we are not in control. There's no government that can cover everything. There's no World Health Organization that can cover everything, and, and we will be praying for them later on. But it is the recognition that Jesus is Lord. He alone is King. This much I know. Jesus is enthroned. God is in control. There's nothing about any of this that has surprised the Lord God. He knows the solutions to it. He knows the time of it. Our time is in his hand. Our health is in his hand. And we can trust the one who knows our 30 or 50 or 80 or 100 years, but also the one who has offered to us eternity with him, to dwell in green pastures for eternity. And in light of those things, these light and momentary afflictions are small. 
but it comes from orienting towards the good shepherd and recognizing he's not just a shepherd, but he is truly God, truly King, the Lord of Lords. In him we trust and we do not fear. The way that I'm gonna orient us now is to say the Apostles' Creed. For 2,000 years, the church has been declaring who God is in the Apostles' Creed. Churches across denominations say this truth. We stand on this truth, and it is the recognition that God is in control. God is Lord, and he controls all things. So join with me in the Apostles' Creed before we conclude our time together in prayer. Together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again and judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our service will end up uh, concluding in a time of prayer and intercession. I'll be reading through the prayers that are on here, but there will be a, a time when it says, add your own intercessions, prayers, or thanksgiving. And I'll lead us in a time that involves some silence as we are guided for praying for our nation, for the world, uh, for those that you want to just pray for in your community. So at first we'll join together, and then in times of silence I'll guide us, and then we will conclude with a general thanksgiving. So if you're following along in your prayer book, this will be on page 21 through 25 um, of the Book of Common Prayer. 20, yes, 21 through 25, the prayers. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we finish our time together. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Together we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The suffrages are call and response prayers taken out of the Psalms. Join me responsibly in praying. O Lord, show your mercy upon us and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide those who govern us and lead us in the way of justice and truth. Clothe your ministers with righteousness and let your people sing with joy. O Lord, save your people, and bless your inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and defend us by your mighty power. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. We're gonna, I'm gonna pray, and you listen in, the collect of the day uh, for the third Sunday of Lent, is a collect and prayer that is 
taken from the words of Augustine and oriented to our hearts, needing to have our heart's desires turned towards God. Let me offer this prayer for us, join in the amen at the end. Heavenly Father, you made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Look with compassion upon the heartfelt desires of your servants and purify our disordered affections that we may behold your eternal glory in the face of Christ Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. One of the regular collects for morning prayer is the collect for Sunday morning. Let me offer this prayer. O God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week, you conquered sin, put death to flight, and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this victory. Forgive our sins, banish our fears. Make us bold to praise you and to do your will. And steal us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. One of the collects, the prayers for mission, is a prayer for the church and the leaders of the church. Almighty and everlasting God, who alone works great marvels, send down upon our clergy and the congregations committed to their charge the life-giving spirit of your grace. Shower them with the continual dew of your blessing and ignite in them a zealous love of your gospel through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite you, before we go to the general thanksgiving, which will conclude our service on page 25 of the Book of Common Prayer, to join me in prayer silently, or you can pray aloud in your own home, as I guide us through different areas to pray for, recognizing that we are in a time of, of need, not only locally, but nationally and globally, and praying specifically for this, uh, for this coronavirus crisis. So let's go to the Lord in prayer on our own as well. God Almighty, into your hands we give ourselves, our community, this nation, and the world. We will take some time now to bring before you, O Lord, the God of power and of might, all the needs and worries and concerns that we have. I invite you, wherever you are, to pray for our government and our leaders and for all those in authority around the world. So I invite you now to pray um, silently or aloud by name for different departments, for leaders that need grace and mercy here and around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our right prayer. There. I invite you now to pray for those that are on the front lines in the medical world. Lord God, we pray for those who are in uh, the forefront of this in hospitals around the world, the emergency responders, for nurses, for doctors, as well as for those in the pharmaceutical and scientific arena who are searching for cures or tests or ways to put an end to this spread. I invite you to pray now on your own.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we come to you as well, we pray for our community. We pray for um, relational connection. We pray especially for those who are most fearful, for those who are feeling vulnerable, for those with um, compromised immunity, for those in the older age group who are more susceptible to the impact of this, for those who live alone. So I invite you now to pray for either groups of people or for individuals that you know that need healing and protection and connection and to not have fear. So I invite you to pray in silence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. Let's offer one more prayer. I invite you now to come to God and ask on behalf of yourself that he would guide you over the next few weeks to draw you close to him and to push you out in love in whatever way that's possible. So pray for yourself and for your family and for your friends that during this season, this unusual season, we might seek God, draw near to him and experience him anew and afresh. Let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our morning prayer service will conclude with a general thanksgiving. This is a great way of recognizing who God is and that all things come from him. And we entrust our lives and this whole world to him. So let's join in this general thanksgiving. If you're in a printed prayer book, you'll find the general thanksgiving on page 25. Together we pray, Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. And our concluding words of dismissal are, let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.